Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line here on a Friday. We welcome you in. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VSIN studios here in South Point. Michael Lombardi here in I'm guessing a. Michael Lombardi, that's in a great mood after the must bus rolled all over the Zags. <laughs> hey, Michael, how are you? Uh, I am great. Yeah, what a, what a night. What a night of basketball, huh? I mean, you know, it was one of those things that I think it, it, we said yesterday on the program that, it, you know, if they play 10 times, you know, probably the Zags win nine. But on that night, the way they played, you, you got to give Arkansas credit and they were just a tougher team. I mean, let's face it. The, you know, we all year long we've talked about the Zags playing in the conference they play in, not really being tested other than Santa Clara, you know, not being challenged, not having that mental fortitude. And, and it was always going to be a problem in my mind. And I thought it really resonated in the elite, in, in the Sweet 16. The number was going the wrong way. Michael Lombardi ends up closing yeah. nine and a half, 74, 68 winner. You nailed it, not just with the Zags all year, but you said we're going to have to stick around the score of 70, 74, 68 winner. couple of things, back-to-back elite eight runs for Musselman. He's one. He's a great coach. He took Nevada to the Sweet 16. He gets a little more talent. He's back in the elite eight. That's just what he does, and Duke awaits. We'll get to them. Note couldn't make a shot, but he did everything else. I mean, steals. He and re- he, you know, he, he, he was. <laughs> he, he he wasn't he wouldn't stop shooting. I'll say this, and 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 Nembhard has been the, the backcourt of the Zags has been an issue, and of course they don't go deep with their bench, and he hasn't been great all year. But I just thought the out athleticism in the backcourt in, in particular showed up. Like Arkansas had better athletes there. Yeah, if Arkansas didn't get as tired, you know, Note played 38 minutes. I mean, he was exhausted. You know, he would have continued to drive to the rim. And and one of the reasons I think he took 12 three-pointers is because it was easier to do that. I I think Trey Wade was sensational. Never suspected he would be that good in the game, you know, and come through for them and give them 33 minutes, especially with a Monday being in foul trouble for most of the game. But, look, this is about toughness. I mean, the one thing that you could say about Timmy, the one thing you could say about Holmgren is – these two players are great. They're athletic. They don't get to the line a lot. They're not physical. 
You know, I mean, they're not. I mean, everybody's talking about Holmgren being a first, you know early pick. Unless he gets some girth in that body, how, how's he not going to get pushed around in the NBA? And where's Timmy going to play in the NBA? You tell me. He's not taking anybody no. in the low post with that. There's no chance. So, to me, it's about toughness, and it was about mental toughness. And, and I think that the, the Arkansas Razorbacks' attitude from the tip, from the first start, showed that they were going to take the game to to Gonzaga. And Gonzaga, the Zags shoot 5 for 21 from the three-point line. I mean, they, were, they weren't very good there, and they shot 44% from the field, which is significantly below what they typically do because this game was different. You know, this is the thing that coaches have to do. This is so important. It's not about winning your regular season games. It's about preparing your team for a championship. This is one of the concerns I have about Doc Rivers and the 76ers. He's not preparing his team for the championship. He's preparing his team to win the next game, which is great, right? doesn't get you fired. But when you need players in these playoff games to make plays, they're not ready to play. And you've got to have somebody that can see outside the box. I, I think the Zags playing in that conference, I, I, I'm gonna, no matter how much talent they get, are they ever going to be a champion? I think it's going to be hard. 40 minutes of hell was back. It was a throwback, muscular style from Musselman's team. Uh, how about this? The Zags, who averaged 87-8 on the season, scored just 68 points, shot 37.5 from the field. They had more turnovers, Michael, 15 than assists, 9. That is, I mean, it just really, to me, was it's such an impressive performance all around. And, and you're not going to hear about it because few get so much love there in the WCC, but Muss outcoached them. I mean, you know, he took it to him. Like we said yesterday on the program, he was going to have to be Goliath. I mean, David, he was going to have to think outside the box. And he was going to have to do some things that he did really well. And Notate launched a lot of shots, right? He did, you know, I would have thought that Tony or Umade would have been the guys who really made the difference. But, you know, Williams came through down the stretch and Wade hit some clutch, clutch shots. I mean, just incredible. And the fact that Holmgren got in foul trouble in 24 minutes just shows, shows you the physicality. Now, you, we can argue about the fouls called. We can do that all yeah, day long. Yeah, they were ticky-tack right? a couple of them. I get you know, it. We can do it. You know, but the, the reality of it is, is you know, they didn't get the guard play that they needed. And when the game became a street fight, this is when the Zags didn't want to play. You know, and you mentioned Tony. Williams was awesome. Tony with the dunk emphatically at the end to kind of wrap it up. But Note, we talked about him being important. Six boards, six six assists, pardon me, three steals, and two blocks. So while he wasn't making shots, he was making an impact. And that is, that's kind of the signature of a must team. I mean, he was, if you look at a graph, he was up and, I mean, he had six turnovers. The team only had eight turnovers. I mean, he had five turnovers yeah, of the eight for the team. I mean, he'll give you, know, you a headache, he, man. He was, nine, he was nine for 29 from the field. I mean, oh my gosh. But, you know, when they needed him, he, he didn't back down. You got to give shy. him credit for He's not no, shy. No, he wasn't shy at all. He no. was not. <laughs> it, it was a fun game. It really, it really was. was. It was a great game to watch. And you were going back. I'll tell you what was amazing about the game was you were going back and forth with this game and, and the Villanova Michigan game was catching up on them. You know, it was, it was coming that they were both coming down the stretch to the, around the same time. Yep. And I want to get to that in just one second. Just want to say a couple of things. One, 
Uh, cool to see, you know, Moss, he likes to have fun. He's enjoying the ride. He enjoys life, you can tell. Uh, his mom being there, I hadn't heard that until you mentioned it. That was cool up in San Francisco. He's just impervious to negativity, and I don't know, I was just really impressed by the all-around effort from that team. And you mentioned Timmy. How about the fact that Timmy's just a junior? Now, I don't even know. Let's put it this way. Does he have an NBA game? I would compare him to somebody like... Oh, who would you say? Uh, Garza. How about Luke Garza? You know what I mean? Luke, it, yeah, where it's I just Luke like a was more physical. He probably Isn't was Luke? more physical. I don't know if Timmy gets drafted, so Timmy has to come back as a senior, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I would think so, unless he's going to go to Europe and play. I mean, here's what we know, and we've been saying this on the program, not that we're, we're smarter than everybody else, but we know veteran leadership matters, which this, what the Hogs have. We know guard play matters. And we know defense matters. They, they check That's those right. three boxes. And fortunately, you know, I thought the Zags got some good shots in the first half. Even Mark Few said it at halftime with Tracy Wolfson. They had some good looks. They just didn't knock them down. You know, the moment was too big for them. It really was. And, you know, and that was a – they could never get on a run. And I would have never thought there would be three minutes of a game where Arkansas was able to keep the Zags from scoring. You know, I thought that that would be a real problem, but it wasn't. And I think that that was the difference in the game. And credit Musselman's defensive acumen. I mean, you know, we all talk about these high-flying up and down the court. At the end of the day, championships are won by the team that plays the best defense. Yeah, I think you nailed it. And uh, again, two one seeds bounced last night. We'll get into the four-game slate coming up tonight. Twelve teams standing as we continue with the Sweet 16. You mentioned Villanova, where... You know, it's interesting. Samuels was great because they needed him against Dickinson on both ends. Um, you know, Dickinson still 15 and 15. Gillespie wasn't great, just 12 points, but he hit a couple of key threes late, which mattered. Remember, Samuels and Gillespie were freshmen in 18 when this Villanova team won the championship against a Michigan team. So Villanova comes back with these guys now vets. And again, they won despite long stretches of missed threes. They were 9 of 30 from three, Villanova. That's the ninth time this year, Michael Lombardi, they shot at least 30 threes. Against Syracuse earlier in the year, they shot 50. Okay, so this team isn't shy about shooting and they and they come away with a wind a 63 55 and cover watching this game I thought Villanova was playing their B game maybe B minus and still was good enough to beat Michigan fair I didn't think they played that well. I, I mean, I, I thought Gillespie was having a hard time getting his shot off. He was 4 of 10. Didn't make a two-point shot the whole game, you know. And, and so it was, to me, you know, Michigan having a game in the, in the low 60s, 50s was perfect for Michigan. Just Michigan, Villanova's defense was too much. And, you know, when you look at the game, Dickinson had to work so hard to get his shot. Played 31 minutes, had four fouls, you know, and it was challenging for him. He only went to the line four times in the game. Mm -hmm. He had such a height advantage and he didn't get any free throws. So for me, I, you know, I thought that this was a lot closer game than it should have been had they played well. Villanova comes out the second half and in the first 10 minutes they hold Michigan to nine points. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Eli Brooks kept on saving Michigan. If you were, like, he just he kept on hitting those threes that kept them in it, you know, six-point, seven-point game, because yeah. there, it did feel like Villanova, if any of those shots were falling, we're going we're gonna to run away with this, with this if matchup, you, if as you, you mentioned. Get Villanova, Patrick, you get Villanova to shoot 30% from the three-point line, you got to win the game. 
You've got to win the game. 100%. I mean, they shot 44% inside the three-point line. You've got to win that game. I agree. The problem is you shot 33%. Brooks made three of the six, six three-pointers sh- that Michigan shot, and Michigan shot 34% inside the two- three-point line. 34%. I mean, Dickinson was, was six for 15. I mean, that's just you can't do that. Mm-mm. You can't, and if I told you that Nova was going to shoot 37% from the field and 30% from three and you don't cover as a Wolverine team, look, that's the inconsistency that we talked about with Michigan. They had put together two good games, and they reverted back to what they were this year, which is an up-and-down team. And I thought we were going to get the cover. I mean, I like Michigan in the five, but I thought we were going to get the cover there. And, and at the end of the game, they, they didn't shoot well from the three-point, three, three throw line. They're seven for 14 from the line, too. 100%. Uh, Fran Dunphy is, is scheduled to join coming up in a couple of minutes here. Of course, a longtime Penn oh. and Temple coach. Great coach. Love him. He, he's, he's set to join, and we still haven't gotten to uh, Texas Tech and Duke. There are some good ge- – Houston and Arizona. Houston is a bunch of grown-ass men. My goodness. Hey, give, give Thomas Gable some credit. He's been he on Houston all He loves that team. Year. The he, two people that have been on Houston the most true. have been Ken Palm and, 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 and our man Thomas Gable. Yep, you're 100% right. And that's a team that essentially replaced four starters from last year, Calvin Sampson and Houston. Continue. It's Faisalama uh, Jamma again all of a sudden as they attempt to get back to the Final Four. We will continue set up the games uh, tonight as well. Four more to go. Fran Dunphy next here Lombardi Line on a Friday. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM, it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Stop by any MGM property here on the Strip. Bring that state-issued ID ready to bet within minutes. Visit BetMGM.com or at, again, just download the app. And when you do, you get the loyalty program, which is great. Got a gambling problem? It's 1-800-522-4700. Okay, front office exec Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the studio here 
on VSIN in Las Vegas at the South Point. Fran Dunphy is going to join us now. Great coach. My gosh, he did it forever. Of course, Penn and Temple, and he joins us to talk the tournament. We say hi to Coach Dunphy. And I want to start with where we left off, Coach, and that is what Calvin Sampson's doing with Houston. Replaced a bunch of starters from last year, potentially getting back to a Final Four. Can we talk about the job Sampson's done down, down there at Houston? Well, we sure can. I, I have the greatest respect for Kelvin. He's a fabulous basketball coach, and there was an old uh, statement about uh, Bear Bryant made by Bum Phillips many years ago. He can take his in and beat urine, and he can take urine and beat his. In. And I, I think he's that good, and uh, he's just really a, a, an aware guy. On both sides of the ball, I think his defense is terrific. They run some great stuff on offense. And to be honest with you, I'm not surprised at his uh, success. Co Coach, when you watch these games, is it how hard is it to get the defense to play at the level that Arkansas and Houston played at? And, and it seems like if you can coach defense, your offense becomes better. How, do you think that's right? Yeah, I do, and I, I think it's one of those things where you say to the kids, you know, we're always got a great chance to win a game if we play great defensively. And your offense is going to come and go. There's going to be some nights where the ball is every, everything you throw up is going to go in, and other nights where it's going to be absolutely a struggle. And, you know, most coaches will talk about the fact that defense travels. doesn't where doesn't matter wherever you go. Your defense is going to travel well. Uh, your offense sometimes depends on where you're playing. If you're at home, you're much more comfortable, things of that nature. But defense is something you can always hang your hat on, and uh, you're always going to be in the game. And, and you can create some offense off of really good defense, whether it's a turnover and an easy run out or uh, really and, and getting your guys to It's not easy to get a guy who misses a shot to go down the other end and, and then give you a thousand percent at the defensive end. It's much easier if they play well on offense and they give you better defense because they're juiced to do it. But when you get that total buy-in, like Musselman's doing, and like Calvin Sanson is doing, and like Jay Wright is doing, uh, and Mike Shishetsky as well, actually with uh, with his change of defense last night. So it's it's neat to see. Uh, and I think most coaches are going to tell you how important that defensive end is, and, but it's not what what uh, fans necessarily want to see or, or others, but it's uh, it, it it does put your program in a terrific position. Coach Fran Dunphy joining us here on the Lombardi line. So funny you just mentioned Coach K in the defense. How about Coach K at this point in his career listening to the kids? The kids said, "Let's go back to let's go back to man after he switched zone." And that's really those final five minutes against Michigan State and the final what seven minutes yesterday that did it for Coach K and Duke, Coach. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree. And I just, again, I, I had to give a talk last night, and that's part of what I was, was talking about. When you get to be really good as a coach, and obviously Coach K has been really good as a coach for a lot of years, when you give that ownership to the players, I think, is when you make your mark as a, as a leader. And, uh, you know, when you're younger and you're much more immature and insecure, you think you've got to do everything. And, and the good ideas have to come from you, but you get a little older and all of a sudden you, you give that ownership to the players and that's when you totally have arrived. 
Coach, you know, you're, you're so well-respected in the Philadelphia area, coached at two big five schools, graduated from another. When you watch Villanova, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you watch this team execute? Yeah, I, I just think they're, Jay is a remarkable coach, and, uh, and he's got really good guys. They, 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 have, they have total buy-in. Uh, and they do a great job on the defensive end. They never, ever take a possession off. When a guard gets stuck guarding a big, they front that big guy. And you might be able to throw over top and complete a pass, but often they do such a great job on the weak side uh, that they intercept a lot of passes or at least bother you on the shot attempt. But they just buy in, and, uh, and I'm just so impressed with how they play and on the offensive end, they have great ball movement and they have great spacing, and uh, they have great confidence. But he, he's a remarkable leader, and and obviously they've had extraordinary success over these last ten years or so. How about Co- how about Coach Cooley and this Providence team, Coach? Because they continue to be disrespected. You look at the market. Kansas is a big favorite tonight. Tell us a little bit. up just a little bit. Can you can you repeat? No that? problem. No problem. I got you. We were talking about Providence, who continue to be disrespected. Kansas is a big favorite tonight. Can you tell us about Cooley's approach with this Providence team? Yeah. Again, I lost you a little. I know you said Providence and Kansas. Yep. Go uh, ahead, Coach. Yeah, and I uh, just you, you mean as far as what that game is going to bring and yeah, absolutely. And, and Self has done uh, an unbelievable job as well for so, so many years and had a, just a quality, quality program. And they seem to have no weaknesses as well. And, and I think what Ed Cooley's done over the last number of years has been terrific. And he seems to really enjoy the guys on his team at this point. And he's getting great buy-in as well on both ends. You know, the, the, when you get that great buy-in, you're getting – never taking a possession off on defense, and you're getting sharing the basketball on the offensive end. So Providence is a team, and then Kansas is much the same. Uh, they're going to they're gonna get contributions from everyone on that offensive end. And, and again, that, that, that gives you great buy-in on the defensive end, and, and they, they, they have it, and just, there's a toughness about all of these teams that they, uh, they have to win. And it's not, not wanting to win. They have to win. And it's remarkable to watch. It's a, it's a great place to be as a coach. Coach, St. Peter's is playing with house money, right? I mean, who would have thought they'd get to the Sweet 16? You know, Hammond's done a great job there coaching. Uh, what, what, what do you, what's his mindset tonight going against Purdue? Is he, you know, are, are we, can, can they take down another giant like Purdue? Or is this where the Cinderella slipper doesn't fit anymore? Well, you can make arguments in both uh, both ways. Where you know they've done such a remarkable job in these first two games in the tournament, <clears throat> is that their time to kind of <clears throat> get overwhelmed a little bit, and certainly a, a Purdue group can do that. Uh, except that he he's got a different group there, and and he's done a terrific job. I, I love what his statement was the other day when Jamie Erdahl talked about he he or the kids being nervous or overwhelmed. He said it's just basketball. Uh, and all we're doing it, and they uh, they play together really really well. And he's done a remarkable job, Shaheen, and I'm very very proud of that guy. And uh, I texted him after both games, and I, and my bottom of the text, I said, "Do me a favor and do not even think about returning this text message." And uh, less than an hour later, I'm getting a, a response back, and, and and I did get a chance to see him yesterday, and 
Uh, I just I find it remarkable when these young guys come up and they just have this presence about them that is extraordinary, and I think that's where Shaheen is. Last one, Coach. Uh, Coach Larinaga, you know he does a great job kind of under the radar with Miami. Handicap that Iowa State-Miami matchup for us tonight. Yeah, I mean, both teams, both coaches have done just a remarkable job this year. And you could have said that before they went into the NCAA tournament. And now to be in the, the Sweet 16, they've done just great, great work. And, again, I think both of those teams are playing with a toughness and a confidence that is necessary to move on. So that, that's another terrific game. I'm, I'm going to enjoy watching that as well, although I'll be uh, – I'm going to try to get down to the, the arena in Philly to watch those two games here, but I'll I'll tape the other games and make sure that I watch. And, because I admire both of those guys. They, they, you know, Jim's been around a long, long time, and uh, and the Iowa State group has really, to win like just a couple games last year and now be in this position this year, it's remarkable leadership, and I'm really uh, impressed with both teams. Pride hey, Coach, as a, as, ahead, an LaSalle, as a LaSalle alumni, we know they're looking for a head coach. They let Ashley Howard go this week. How about my man John Gallagher from Hartford? He comes down here to Ocean City all the time. Can we start the campaign for the Gallagher man here? Absolutely. Johnny Gow is a piece of work. He's, he's a <laughs> guy, and I've known him all his life. All his life I've known Johnny Gow. I love him to death. And if he would get that opportunity, it would be great for him. And uh, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of how he's he developed as a coach and as a person, and uh, I'm a big Johnny Gal fan. Agent Michael Lombardi. Michael Lombardi is yeah. turning into an agent over here. <laughs> coach Fran Dunphy. Coach, thank, thank you, you so much. much. It's a pleasure to talk to you. All thank right. you very much. Great to see you guys. All right, all the best. Thank you. There he goes. I, don't, I wonder if he considers himself Penn or Temple because he was at each place for 20-plus years. I mean, he was there forever at Penn and then forever at Temple as well. Hell of a coach. I consider him a Philadelphia legend and, and a great coach. I mean, he's a big five institution. He really is. And he's in it like he's taping those games. He loves it. And hopefully LaSalle's going to listen to him when it comes time to pick a coach. The agent, Michael Lombardi, next. We continue. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup. You get the breakfast baconator. Man, this makes me hungry. The uh, croissant combos, hot or cold coffee. I'll take cold. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. You get the oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru. Pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. And if you're in town here in Vegas, you may find some of the Wendy's coupons Michael Lombardi used to be bumping around town with back in the day. Uh... It's weird. How many years ago were you here? Like, what were what were the years you 81. lived in? 81. 81? 81 to 84. So, 81 wow. Nick wasn't even born 84. then. Oh, no, no. I mean, I wasn't married. I was, I was Uh-oh. I had, you know, so I, I was single out there. I was, you know, when I went to San Francisco, I started dating Millie again. But then it was all just... Uh, it was, you know, it was just all work, essentially. It was right there. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's living, now he's at living. It's kind of full circle. It's it kind is. of weird. It Raiders is. and Vegas combined. It's kind of weird. But good for him. I'm proud of him. We are proud of him. And, should uh, be. 
yeah, it's, it's going to be a great opportunity so for him. So we, uh, the kid that you're talking about, we should. LaSalle needs a new head coach, and Gallagher. Yeah. Who I think didn't they make the tournament last year? They did. Hartford made the tournament, and then they now they're down to a Division three school. So they were a Division one school. They were in that they were in that league with Siena and Quinnipiac and, and all those Iona. That and the 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 the, uh, the, the school decided to declassify down to Division three, And the kids kind of stayed, but the program wasn't the same this year. And, and Coach Gallagher, uh, who's a friend, he lives here in Ocean City in the summertime. He's a Philadelphia guy. Like, a lot of these Philadelphia people live in this town in the summer. A lot of basketball coaches. I mean, the former Jim O'Brien lives around the corner from me. Dr. Jack Ramsey, he, he kind of started this whole migration to Ocean City. He lived just, he lived actually on, on, on the great street that Bill Berman lives on. So, uh, you know, it, it's been kind of a, a Philadelphia way down here. The, he's got, from what I remember, he's got must vibes, right? Energy, yeah. tremendous yeah, very promoter, enthusiastic. Enthusi yep, he really is. Yeah. And, and I mean, LaSalle's a job that they're going to need somebody to kind of get the, you know, LaSalle, the explorers. I mean, you're too young to remember this great. They had a great player at one time named Kenny Durant, who was mm -hmm. tremendous uh, in the Big Five. And, you know, that was when they were going. And the explorers have never had, you know, they have never been able to get that magic back. Whether Phil Martelli wants to come back to Philly, there's another name that gets, it'll be a Philadelphia guy. It'll be somebody with a Philadelphia background that becomes the head coach of LaSalle. And I know Coach Gallagher has always wanted to get back to the Big Five. This could be a great opportunity if he can get it. So I wanted to ask you, you knew Texas Tech wasn't going to back down with those four super seniors. Yeah. It, they're, they're, they're just tough defensively. We know what they can do. But how about Duke? 78-73 winner. This closed to pick them. Uh, some yep. shops closed with Duke a favorite there. Flip from Texas Tech being a favorite on the opener, Michael. But, you know, it's fast. When Duke went zone, I'm like, this isn't Coach K. They don't hardly ever go zone. They switched back to man over the last, I think, seven minutes, and they made their final eight shots. Look, what they did against Michigan State over the final five, what they did against Tech, this it's, team's kind of growing up, right? Roach had yep, two big no late buckets. Bancaro was awesome in the game. Roach Griffin. Was great. There's so much talent on the team. It's just it's scary if they pull it together like this. You know, and we know Tech is good defensively, but where Tech has suffered is inside the three-point line. And last night, the, the, the Blue Devils only missed 14 shots inside the three-point line. They were 21 for 35. They shot 60% inside the two-point line. And Roach was sensational. He was 70%. He only attempted one three. And so instead of making a three-point game, they made it a two-point game. They took 35 shots inside. And down the stretch, they took that. Mark Williams was six for nine. Wendell Moore was three for four. I mean, they were getting great. Bonchero was four for eight. They were getting great shooting in that area. Now, Bonchero was three for four from the three-point line. But they only shot 36% from the three-point line, which is still good, whereas Tech shot 31. This is going to be the problem for Arkansas. Tech and Arkansas are a lot alike. They can play defense, but if they have a bad shooting night, and they don't play great defense and get enough stops, then it becomes problematic. And Duke's second half, I mean, Duke, if you take the second half, the last 20 minutes of the game, Duke scored 49 points. That's pretty damn good. I thought Roach was the key. Man, just so Plus. fast, so quick, getting wherever he wanted to on the court. And you take a look, uh, we had an Arkansas-Duke matchup up in San Francisco. This is going to be open three and a half. It's still three and a half. I got a couple of books that have moved to four. Actually, most books now, Michael, moved to four. So yeah. some early you love for Duke. You know it's going to move to Duke. 
Yeah, which was surprising to me how Duke was a dog initially in in the Texas Tech game. I mean, Duke, like Amal said yesterday, Duke has pro players at every position. Got five pros. I mean, Tech is gritty. They're tough. You know, we all love Tech, but they're, to me, when Duke, you know, they were the best offense in the ACC. They were the best defense in the ACC. I mean, you just don't come by those numbers lightly. You know, it was all about Duke's level of being able to focus and concentrate for 40 minutes, and they've seemed to have taken that, taken that, Coach K victory lap off their shoulders and they're just playing now. Really be a challenge for Arkansas. Going to be a hard game. Again, this is a Arkansas is going to have to play a pace game. They're going to have to play another pace game. They're gelling, and there does seem to be that vibe uh, it, that was lacking with Coach K. There seemed to be a disconnect with the team. I, that last five minutes against, against Michigan State feels like it's changed a few things. Like, yeah. you talked to Ron Harper. Well, great there. players play great at the end, right? That's so, right. isn't that what has to happen? Your, great, your best players have to play best when it counts the most. I mean, Note yep. making a shot. You know, uh, uh, the kids, you know, the, the, Williams make, getting a rebound, making three throws. I mean, your best players have to play their best when they game is on the line in the last five minutes and when you score 40 when you score 49 points in the second half after a, after basically a 29 point first half that they stepped up I don't know if you've looked yet do you want to take a shot at that Houston Villanova number no I haven't looked yet I, I would say I would say Houston's going to be the favorite because of Houston's domination. I mean, that was a start-to-finish victory for Houston, right? I mean, there was no doubt that they were winning that game. And so I would say Houston probably by a point and a half. You nailed it. Houston is a two-point favorite on the opener. Villanova yeah. tomorrow. I mean, Villanova did not look crisp last night. And 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 G- Gillespie went to the bench at the end of the game. If you saw him, you know, he got in that tie-up. It looked like he sprained his ankle. He didn't look the same. Earlier in the game, his knee got caught, and he was limping down the court. He kind of shook it off. But I didn't think he had elevation where he had the same kind of watching him play. I didn't think he had the same juice in his lower body that was getting the, 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 the what he needed for it. And he was front-rimming a lot of those three-pointers. So I was kind of worried about him. And and I could see Houston. I mean, Houston is since the, you know they beat Memphis. I mean, they're in they're in a pretty good state of mind here. And I could see the better the books saying, no, we don't want to take a bunch of this Houston money. We're trying to get some Villanova money. So let's set the line at this number. I don't think that'll move though. I think people will continue to bet Houston. I, I think the key point yesterday that we have to really talk more about and why. We have to be very, very careful about where the line is moving, and I think the Arkansas, I think the Arkansas, uh, Gonzaga game was truly an indication of this. Sometimes, the book, the, the some of the guys that are spending a lot of money on this, men and women, whoever they are, the syndicates or whatever, that they're really investing. A lot. They want the line to move, so they may spend a quarter of a million dollars to get the line to go from eight and a half to nine and a half or from nine and a half to 10, knowing they're going to come back the other way and buy it at a cheaper number. Mm-hmm. You follow me? Yep, absolutely. And I got the sense that was going on with Arkansas because at the last moment, it started to come back the other way. And so that's why following line movement is so hard because you really can't read what the line movement, what's the cause and effect of line movement. Like a sharp at the casino told me the other day, there's sharps on both sides of every single game. Yeah. There's, there's never unanimity among sharps. There's never. Right. As you can see, there's not human energy between me or Matt Humans or anybody else. And when we're talking football games, we all see it slightly different. 
I think that was what was going on. And as betters, we have to be aware of that. Yeah, it's arbitrage betting, trying to get the middle there. What will happen is, let's just use Billy Walters, who had a great interview with Brent Musburger and one of the all-time greats. What he'll do is he'll he'll find it. He'll he'll power rate the games. He'll get his number, and then he'll try to drive the number up one way and then come and hammer it the other way to get that number that he has predetermined is his number. Right. So they'll manipulate the market. And then the ultimate is to middle arbitrage where you try to find the middle and you get two wins out of one in one game. That, and that's what they're doing. And I think that's what makes it so hard to read into the movement. You know, it's so hard, you know, to understand it. You know, that's why when you look at the game, Duke is an underdog to tech you know, that doesn't make sense. That does, But you know Vinny didn't want to take too much Duke money. Eventually, he moved the number down. Duke getting two at that when that thing opened up was a hell of a deal. We said That's it on right. that Monday. Yep, absolutely. So are you feeling where – would, where would you say your confidence level is as far as Arkansas and Duke with the Moss Bus? I, well, I think Duke is, is more seasoned than, than, than the Zags. I think they will rise. I don't think they're going to miss a lot of easy shots. This will be a harder game for them. I, and that was a hard game the last time. But I think the way Duke plays, it's going to be really challenging. I really do. It's Look, they're so good. They shoot so well. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, Arkansas is not, like Musk said last night after the game, it, it's not pretty on offense. We're back. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare you're listening to the lombardi line on vsin featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM, make your first wager win big during March Madness. Of course, download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any college tournament game. If any team hits a three-pointer during the tournament, you're going to win 200 bucks, paid for in free bets. Just use the code MM200, Mary Mary 200 when you register. You're going to earn reward points as we talked about the loyalty program. So get over there, BetMGM and get betting on the tournament, okay? All promotions are subject to qualification, eligibility requirements. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Got to be 21 years or older. Michael Lombardi, 
uh, agent Michael Lombardi today. That's the hat he's wearing. I, whether it's author, uh, front uh, office exec, uh, handicapper. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just trying to help my friends. I mean, you that's, know, whatever I can do. You it's know, a good I look, mean, man. It's a good well, look. Well, I mean, the, it's a job that requires Philadelphia roots. I mean, you know, my man Berman, he's trying to help Tom Crean get the job, and, and I don't know if Tom wants to keep coach. Well, Berman's next-door neighbors, on LaSalle. He, he's on the LaSalle Board of Directors, so he's out there campaigning, which I, I think is, is great, but the problem is is every, they always want a Philly guy. Bruiser Flynn, is, is Martelli coming back? Yeah. But I think John would be great because, you know, when you're at LaSalle, you've got to build a program. It's not going to be built for you. If you need an Indiana guy to coach LaSalle, you can get Wes Reynolds. Wes Reynolds, of course, VEASAN host, long shots. He's great. He joins us now. Any interest in that LaSalle job, Wes Reynolds? Uh, no, I think they have enough guys that Michael mentioned to choose from. I've been hearing Martelli, the scuttlebutt, or Bruiser Flint, or one of those guys. But uh, I don't know if I want to go against Jay Wright every single year, seeing that he's like 34 and 15 all the time in the NCAA tournament. So uh, if you're going in there, that's like, you know, the Christian getting fed to the Lions, so to speak, when you're going against Jay Wright. No, no doubt. I mean, I, I marvel. You know, I, growing up, I was never, a, you know, when you grow up in this area, you, you choose a big five team. I love St. Joe's growing up. They, you know, they had a lot of really good players, and, and it was fun. Villanova had the great Howard Porter from Sarasota, Florida. I love watching. But I love watching Villanova now, n- not because I love their school. or I just love watching how they execute oh, and how they so play. So precise. It's so good. I mean, you just can't help but admire Jay Wright's ability to understand what he needs. You know, it's, it's the perfect it's – the, it's symmetrically perfect. He knows what he wants. He scouts inside out. He finds players that fit his system. Then he develops those players within the system, and then they execute the system perfectly. It's brilliant. Harder to do. It's easy on paper, but he does it brilliantly, and I marvel at it. And he couldn't get a bucket last night, and they still cover. So we'll start there, yeah. Wes Reynolds. Uh, of the four winners last night, who impressed you the most? Well, I think you got to say Houston because they absolutely took Arizona out of their game. And to hold that team to 60 points, give them nothing in transition, you kind of knew that they were going to be able to hold their own, at least in terms of the boards, because Arizona gave up 20 offensive rebounds to TCU. Now, TCU number one in the country in offensive rebound rate, but Houston not far behind at number three. And that's kind of what I said in breaking down the game, why I like the under. I go, Houston is going to be content with playing volleyball on the glass and, you know, being able to control possessions, get second looks and not have Arizona be able to run up and down the floor. And Arizona had the size edge, but Houston, I think, had like the the dude edge, if you will. They had the (laughs) toughness edge over this team and and it showed in that final score. So Saturday, look, this is going to be a big hoss fight. This is going to be what uh, the great Jim Ross, the longtime WWE and now AEW announcer says, this is going to be bowling shoe ugly. And it is absolutely going to be. This is going to be physical. This is not going to be a transition game. This is going to be half court with tough half court defense and, you know, trying to get to the foul line. So I think that that's why you're seeing kind of this lowest total in like the high 120s uh, right now. Maybe they'll get to 130. But, yeah, this is going to be a physical game. I have not decided what I wanted to do. I think two is probably the right number, though, for Houston. So the toss-up game tonight, it seems like the Cyclones of Iowa State and Miami, Florida, that line's going back and forth between the two. Where are you on this game, Wes? 
Yeah, Michael, I went ahead and just used it in a money line parlay in Miami. Obviously, the line has got away. It's been pretty much all hurricane money. I parlayed it with Purdue money line, so you're going to be laying like $1.10, $1.15. One of the things uh, Iowa State does is they're very good, obviously, defensively, and they don't give you a lot in the half court. However, I think Miami's guards are just are just better, and they don't turn the ball over. If you look, Miami so far in this tournament, 141 tournament possessions for the Miami Hurricanes, and they have seven turnovers. Now, USC, it's a little bit scheme-related, but not Auburn. Auburn is trying to pressure you and force you into turnovers, and the fact that Miami never turned the ball over against that team, even if you turn up the pressure, they make them work against you. So they've got very good ball screen offense. Uh, Coach L, Jim Laranega, runs a lot of good stuff, back cuts, zoom action. So Miami is a team that really forces you to play to the strengths, and I think Iowa State, their only chance is if Miami is turning it over because if you look at Iowa State in the half court, this isn't a great team. Mm -mm. They'll have a little crowd edge in Chicago here, but I think if Miami just takes care of the basketball, they're going to get it done over the clones. Two iconic programs, North Carolina, UCLA. You know, the interesting thing here with UCLA being favored by two off the three opener is Jaime Juarez. Now, I guess he practiced and he moved fine, but with that sprained ankle, I mean, Wes, he's, he's everything to this team. And so he, that, his health is going to be important here for UCLA. Yeah, no question about it, Patrick. And I thought probably one of the best defensive performances we saw over the course of the whole NCAA tournament thus far is UCLA against St. Mary's. I thought that they were fantastic against a well-coached team that runs a lot of good stuff, runs a lot of good motion, and UCLA just swallowed them. So they can kind of suffocate you with the length. So you've got to beat them a little bit on catch and shoot threes. And North Carolina has been better this year at that. 41st overall in three-point percentage. The defense for North Carolina, and we know this going back over the Roy Williams years, kind of hit and miss. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's really awful. Uh, North Carolina not really great at defending the threes. They'll kind of let you shoot that. But UCLA doesn't attempt a lot of threes. They like to get to the rim. They like to get in that mid-range game. I have been impressed with what North Carolina has done down the stretch defensively, and I'll give Hubert Davis credit. They were running kind of that drop coverage and, you know, to not get beat at the rim and be able to help them in their rebounding efforts. But now they're kind of hard hedging all the screens up top. and They're not forcing turnovers, but... It's been good. It adjusted in Baylor. It took a while for them to adjust to that. And that's why North Carolina got up so big in that last game on Saturday. But it's kind of strengths negate strengths here. And that's why you see a two-point spread for UCLA. However, I think the difference could be North Carolina in terms of the rebound. And they are second in defensive rebounding. So if UCLA shots are not falling, Baycott and those guys do not give you second shot opportunities. And usually that's a strength of UCLA on the offensive glass. But I think North Carolina negating that, that's going to get them more transition opportunities. And I like the heels tonight. All right, St. Peter's, great story, right? They're a tremendous story. Holloway's been tremendous as a coach. They're a Jersey school. We love them. But when you peel it back, when you do some research, right, and you look at the numbers playing in the Metro Atlantic Conference, they were 224th overall in offensive efficiency. You know, their effective E field goal ranked 266 in the country. Their two-point shooting ranked 314th in the country, Right. They're playing against a Purdue team that we know isn't great defensively. However, 
this is a team that isn't really supposed to be great offensively. So is that 12 and a half enough? Or do you think that the St. Peter's can magically continue to show these offensive weapons that they displayed in the first two games? I'm going to pass on laying it, Michael, even though if you made me, I would probably do so. Because look, you're going to see Purdue, as you saw last time out against Texas, they're going to get to the foul line. And and I don't think it was the officiating, even though the officiating's been bad in some of these games, I don't think it was bad in the Purdue-Texas game. I think it was Purdue saying, okay, we've got 7-4 Zach Eady and 6-10 Travion Williams, and Texas is a very aggressive, borderline handsy defense. So we're going to throw it into those guys, and they're going to get fouled. And I think you're going to probably see that a little bit tonight. Purdue gets to the line top 15 in the country rate nationally. St. Peter's is, likes to have pressure defense. This is a 15 seed that was top 40 in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. So what you see with St. Peter's is they foul a lot. And that's what concerns you about St. Peter's. Even if they do a good job and Purdue doesn't really shoot the ball very well, and Purdue really hasn't been shooting the three very well of late with Stefanovic with that injured pinky. But what Purdue is going to do, they're going to work through the post like they do as much as anybody in the country through Edie and Williams. And I think that there are times, and Matt hasn't always done this over the years, and I'm speaking of Matt Painter, where he lets his guard go off the ball screen and just go freelance and go one-on-one. He'll be willing to do that with Jaden Ivey, and why not? He's going to be a top-five lottery pick lightly later this summer. So... Yeah, St. Peter's has been a great story, and Shaheen Holloway has done a tremendous job with this team. But I worry if they get into fouling that Purdue's going to live at the line and St. Peter's going to be in big trouble. Maybe St. Peter's can pick up some of those Indiana transfers that are leaving the program, Wes. (laughs) Yikes. It's a rough day for Wes Reynolds as there's a mass exodus at Indiana University. Wes, thank you, buddy. Enjoy the basketball. Thank you, Wes. So good. Thank you so much. Okay, we continue. Lombardi line here on a Friday. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, Owen oh, Two Door Cinema Club. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.